It ties in with temple theology, if you want to use that language, as the temple in the Old Testament was um, the, the meeting place between heaven and earth. It was that that joint where heaven joined earth and mm -hmm. within the temple and within Jewish society and culture. And then Jesus claims that he is the new temple. Like he claimed, I am the temple, which was what got him killed because it was absolutely unfathomable to think that God's presence would be inside of a human being. And then he does, he goes one step further and, be, and claims that the church is now the temple. Hello and welcome to the Follower Podcast. A place for honest conversations about following Jesus to the depths of his heart and the ends of the earth. I'm your host, Matthew Lewis, and I'm so glad that you have joined us. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the follow-up podcast. We have Christine Westhoff with us on the podcast today. Uh, when you hear her voice, it'll be familiar because she's been on before, actually, talking about all kinds of wonderful things about following Jesus. <laughs> and dropping things in her house. Christine, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, great to be here. Yeah, so good to have you back. Um, we've been having all kinds of interesting conversations the last couple of weeks. Um, and this week, guys, we're talking about the prophetic, which may seem a little bit like a left turn. You know, we've been talking about soul care. We've been talking about the unsuccessful life. We've been talking about mental health and now the prophetic. But uh, Christine just brought out a book called Reframing the Prophetic. And when I just kind of had a little look, I haven't read the book yet, but when I had a look at some of what she was speaking about and just know a little bit of some of what's in her ministry from a distance, I thought, man, it would be cool to do an episode on like a prophetic lifestyle for the average Christian. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of what was on my heart. And I thought, how great that we could bring that all together, talk a bit about your book, Christine, and then just kind of unpack, maybe reframe the prophetic, even on this podcast. So um, you're from 24-7 Prayer, very involved in that ministry, and now you've written this book. Tell us a little bit about both. Um, well, 24-7, if you're familiar with it, which I presume that you are, if they follow this podcast at all, is a, it's just a prayer movement that's been around since the late 1990s. And I've been... Um, gloriously involved and and wrapped up in that prayer movement um probably for about 18 years now and they're just a phenomenal group of people around the world uh committed to prayer uh justice and mission and it's it's really it's really a beautiful uh global community if we could put it that way all committed mm. to the passion the following of Jesus mm. I can agree very much with that. I kind of stumbled into the 24-7 prayer world maybe, I say maybe three years ago now, have gone and visited Waverly Abbey. I was at the gathering in Belfast, which is where I sat in one of your workshops. And the more I connect with 24-7 um, prayer people, the more I just think, man, it's just, it's just like a, seems to be a little Jesus flavor happening in the lives of these people. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I hope so. I certainly <laughs> hope so. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a wonderful sure. community. But now, uh, Christine, you've written this book, Reframing yes. the Prophetic. Maybe we're going to dig into it, but give us a, a high flyover. What's what's it all about? You know, I um I love the prophetic. I absolutely love it. And um, but I've I've also had a I don't know if it's fair to say a love-hate relationship with it <laughs> that's been rather complicated because it is a complicated uh thing. Um, but I've been in the 
charismatic prophetic world for about 30 plus years now and I've seen the the glorious and the dreadful and the the profound impact that it has when when God's voice invades the human heart. I mean it's profound. It he he can transform the human heart with with a word and no way that any human ever could and I've seen that over and over again. So I I know that um, the reality of the beauty of the prophetic, I've seen it, I've experienced it for many, many years, but I've been around, around long enough to also have experienced the, 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 the tragic abuse of it um, when it has turned toxic and unhealthy, uh, when it has become something that it was never meant to be, and the, the damage that it causes and the ripple effects in the body of Christ that it has caused has been um, pretty devastating. And um, and so that this book is not like most prophetic books out there. It's not a book that tells a lot of glorious stories and tells everybody else to to do what these stories show us. I, I was really desperate um, for s- several years, honestly. But then once 2020 hit, uh, and if you're familiar with some of the awful stuff that was happening in the U.S. around politics and how the the um, well-known prophets got involved uh, on the political scene. Um, and it was it was in the middle of me writing this course on the prophetic. And I I just began to do the the deep work of biblical study once again. It's not, it wasn't the first time. I'm sure it will be the last time, but diving into the scripture, I needed to see what this gift was actually supposed to be doing, what it was supposed to be accomplishing, what's the purpose of it, because what I was seeing wasn't the purpose. I'm like, this can't be what is in the scripture, and I needed to have answers for people. And so this book is the um, the outcome of that. We actually have a full course on it as well that's kind of a college-level semester course uh, with 25 different theologians and teachers and missionaries from around the world speaking into it. So it's been the my my life's work, so to speak, is to um, understand this gift better uh, according to the scripture, to try to bring alignment to it. And yeah, that's a that's what birthed this book, so to speak. <laughs> Wonderful. And we'll speak a little bit to where people can find the course and the book at the end of this. But I'm just interested if we handbrake for a second, because that's beautiful. And I'm tracking mm-hmm. with you because I have spent about a while walking around in Christian land. Yeah. But let's let's imagine, which is true, the follower podcast has a sort of diverse audience. Some people who are walking and following Jesus, walking with and following Jesus, other people who are interested but don't really know what this is all about. So yeah. if we had to translate this word, this this prophetic word. What does it mean, really, for for the for the person on the street? How do we? How would you explain it to someone who has no sort of point of reference? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I was talking to somebody with little or no exposure to the term prophetic, I'd really want to start with uh, a creator God, you know, who who has this longing and desire and um, is in such pursuit of his creation. I mean, from the the very moment where he put his, he breathed his breath into our lungs at the moment of creation to awaken us. I mean, can you imagine the first thing that Adam saw when he woke up? If he 
aw uh, was awakened by the breath of God, you know, which is then throughout the scripture used as a term for the Holy Spirit, which is such a beautiful picture. And that that pursuit, God's pursuit of his people, we often talk about our pursuit of God, especially in the Christian world. But honestly, I'm more captivated by God's pursuit of us, his endless pursuit of us and uh, the, his intimate pursuit of us. And so there's something about the prophetic that is um, where God's pursuit involves his his voice, his his um, communication, whether it's through pictures and visions, whether it's through actions, whether it's through the arts, whether it's it's through um, what is actually happening in the world on any given day. <laughs> it's God's involvement with uh, humanity is really what where the prophetic sits. It's Abraham Heschel, who's a Jewish theologian. He, he explains the prophetic as um, God's communication, um, as, as someone who can stand in the middle uh, of, you know, communicating God to the world and then also turning around and communicating the world to God, speaking on behalf of God to the world. But then we also as intercessors turn around and speak on behalf of humanity to God. And so it's it's that dynamic uh, through the Old Testament that the prophets stood in. But in the New Testament, it's a uh, takes on a much more intimate flavor, which we can get into later. So I don't know if that's helpful, but that's how I would um, describe the prophetic to anybody on the street is God's pursuit and his mm. breath and his voice. Beautiful, beautiful. Can I pull on a few threads there? Just you tell me if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly. I'm, I'm hearing you say, number one, there is a God. <laughs> which is a good Amen. a good place to start right like there, there's a reality behind reality this is the ultimate source of all things Amen. and um there are lots of different conceptions of how we relate to that god and many if not most of those conceptions see god as a distant deity but mm -hmm. in the Christian story, which is quite unique actually when you look at the sort of landscape of spiritualities, in the Christian story, God is intimate and near, and God communes and communicates with us and through us to the world, which is the most incredible honor and privilege that you and I would be in some kind of dialogical connection with the creator of all things. <laughs> does that, do you know what I mean? Does that, does that tap yeah. into some of what you're explaining? Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's scandalous. Like if you really stop to think about it, it's utterly scandalous that this majestic creator, the creator of all things would actually bend down and breathe into um, the lungs of his created being. Like it's, it's absolutely scandalous. And then from that moment of intimacy would actually continue to be involved, to speak, to be near, to guide in all the ways that he does throughout scripture, it's it's shocking. And then to actually trust us, uh, broken, <laughs> frail human beings with his voice, to put his voice in our mouth, it's scandalous on every level. And I I have questioned it more times than I can count. <laughs> but I <laughs> like, Lord, your grace has got to be unfathomable. Like I, I can't even wrap my mind around the level of grace that it takes for him to trust us with yeah. much let 
Amazing. And so that's what I really, I don't want us to miss that as we continue in this conversation is that what we're saying here is um, whatever your perception of your Christian faith, it's not static religion. It's a live, dynamic, responsive relationship with the source of the universe. And that reality is kind of summed up in this title that we call prophetic. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that word prophetic, where does that come from? How? Why did we name it that? Well, I mean, because the Bible calls it that okay. um, from the beginning. I mean, uh, the, we actually, many theologians refer to Adam as the first prophet, but there were named prophets throughout the scripture from the beginning to the end that actually could bring forth and what we believe is the will of God. and. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the purpose of the prophets, uh, the purpose of that prophetic word that to, for somebody to speak on behalf of God, which I still, after all these years, have a hard time saying out loud without giggling because it just seems so unfathomable, but that God would actually trust us um, and put his voice inside of our mouth to speak on his behalf is a word that the Bible refers to as prophetic, as, as prophets to to do that now there is a cosmic shift between the old testament and the new testament which we can get into if you want to um as to what their purpose is in the earth but it's um yeah it's it's just a biblical term for mm. speaking on god's behalf <laughs> yeah totally and yeah. and i would love to uh jump into that uh you know, because we have the prophets of the Old Testament. You've got the Elijahs and the Elishas and the Jeremiahs and all these guys who are doing exactly what we're describing, hearing from God, communicating to the people, hearing from the people interceding with God. Um, and then Jesus comes on the scene and he's like, well, you got John the Baptist who's the last of the Old Testament prophets in a sense. And then Jesus reframes the whole thing. So maybe touch on that. What's happening there? What's What's shifting? Oh my gosh, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, so in the all the theologians that I've been able to read and talk to and study um, agree that the purpose of the prophetic, I mean, honestly, if we don't know the purpose of a thing, we are destined to abuse it, right? As the old adage goes, if I if I think this phone is to be used to mop the floor, it's I'm going to abuse the phone and it's going to be ineffective. And so that I, I think we are in a fight for the true purpose of the prophetic. And the reason I bring that up um, on the heels of your question is because um, the, the purpose of the prophetic in the Old Testament was very clear. They that the prophets by they, they spoke forth the words of God, um, the purposes of God, the will of God for the purpose of, a, of aligning Israel to the covenant. That's what the purpose was. That's what they were always doing from beginning to end. Now, sometimes that was, you know, a, a railing rebuke with that came with punishments because the, the covenant was defined by the Jewish law. And that's like the, the Old Testament prophets are often referred to as um, covenant lawyers because they were defending the covenant, trying to keep the people of God into alignment in their relationship with God, which was through the law, right? Um, and then the the shift, actually, many refer to Jesus as still an Old Testament prophet. He was the prophet 
that was um, to come, that was prophesied, that Moses spoke of, that there was one coming after me that will prophesy um, like I do face to face, that will stand face to face with God, right? And so everybody, when Jesus arrived on the scene, he he had still had the flavor of that Old Testament prophet. He most often prophesied in public settings. He it was um, often calling people and correcting them in uh, the the Jewish, the Pharisees, the things that he spoke to them were calling them into alignment with the old covenant. And yet he was also prophesying of a kingdom that was there in their midst because he was there. And and so the the shift of Jesus being um, that. Old Testament prophet, but yet still the prophet that they were pointing to that was to come. Of course, that changed everything. But the biggest shift actually happened after the death and resurrection of Jesus in um, in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit fell in mass. And in that moment, we see a, a cosmic shift um, in the prophetic. It's, it's not so much um, uh, in a public square prophesying often correction or promises. If you obey the law, this will happen. You'll get these promises fulfilled. It took on a different shape. At that point, it was about the birth of the church. It was a shift of, it was more often to individuals. We see prophetic moments like Ananias and Peter on the rooftop and Cornelius. We see the unfolding of the Great Commission, the, the birth of the church being led by the prophetic prophetic revelations that were to bring forth. But here's the thing. Um, there was a lot of change from the Old Testament to the New Testament with the prophetic. There was a huge shift of authority. You know, in the Old Testament, um, the, the prophets led wars. They guided nations. Um, in the in the New Testament, the, the prophetic people are called to submit themselves for testing and weighing, which you don't see that in the Old Testament at all. And there's a, a lot of reason for that. Um, but here's the thing, Matthew, is that what, what didn't change is the, the purpose of what it's supposed to be accomplishing. We are still, the prophetic people in the New Testament are still calling the people of God by revelation and by the will of God, by his words coming forth. The, the, but what it's accomplishing is it's still calling the people of God into alignment with the covenant. But the covenant is now Jesus. So it's the, the covenant that shifted, not the prophetic. The gift didn't shift. It, well, it did. But the purpose of the gift didn't shift. It's still to call us into alignment with the covenant. And that's what makes sense of Revelation 19.10, that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, because Jesus is the covenant. Our relationship with God is dependent upon Jesus. And that's why our primary mission should be to speak forth Jesus in all things prophetic. Does that make sense? Or did mm. I go around a so really good. large amount? No, yeah? beautiful, okay. beautiful. So okay, just good. if you're listening to this podcast, you just need to buckle up. A little bit of a seatbelt going on here. <laughs> I know. Because we're going, we're going into the deep weeds, but I'm loving it. We're, we're getting <laughs> theological nerd on it. And this yeah, is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. This is wonderful. <laughs> um, let, me, let, me, let me mirror back to you. You tell me if we're picking up what you're putting down here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, what I heard you say is that Jesus almost acts as like a hinge. He's yes. like a joining point where the culmination of the Old Testament tradition meets mm. an individual, almost like a relay race. And he takes that and then he repurposes that function unto a yeah. new goal. And, the, and what I heard you say is that the old purpose of the prophetic was to align people 
to the first covenant, to the law of God, where the new purpose of the prophetic, although it's a similar mechanism, the purpose of it is to align people unto Christ. Like that's the prophetic function. Yes. That is the prophetic. Yes. That's the prophetic function. And I think that's what we're fighting for in the, and to see the true prophetic manifest, the true prophetic isn't just to speak happy words and to make people feel good about themselves, even though that, I mean, God loves to love his people. I'm I'm not against that at all, but the true prophetic has, um, has a greater purpose in aligning us to Christ. That is what the true prophetic should always be doing. And sometimes that includes uh, an encouraging word to an individual. Absolutely. But it can also include many other dynamics to the prophetic that I think we need to see uh, restored in Mm. the body of Christ. Okay, let me play with this a little bit. I want to make it real simple in case this is going over someone's head. You tell me if I'm off now. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. So I have a magnificent high-performance vehicle called a Ford Figo. Okay, it's a 1.3 engine. I have to turn the aircon off when I'm going uphill. But this thing is like, I parked it next to a Porsche at the airport today. The Porsche was jealous, you know? It's just a powerful car. <laughs> um, when, I, when I go over a pothole or two, as you do in South Africa, because they're very kind to us, they like to keep us awake on the road, so they don't like it to be too easy. So we've got these uh, potholes that keep us awake, yeah? If I hit one or two of those, the alignment in my car goes out. And when the alignment in my car goes out, the whole thing starts to shake. It all starts to come apart at the seams. And the more the alignment of my car is out, the greater the shaking and the more dangerous that is for the whole car and for me as an individual. Okay. So now if I play with this idea, because we use that word alignment a lot. Yes. So God is ultimate reality. And Jesus is the ultimate revelation of that ultimate reality. Yes. Yes. When a society is out of alignment with the truth revealed in Jesus, it starts to shake, just like that car. Until such time as it starts to fall apart a little bit, yes, falls apart a little bit at the seams. The whole society starts shaking. And we hear, we see wars and rumors of wars and pick your headline at the moment. And then the function of the prophetic is individuals, which this is crazy. Individuals, just like you and me, followers of Jesus, living in dynamic dialogical relationship with the re- ultimate reality to come and call society back into alignment so that the shaking stops and so that shalom, so that peace, so that wholeness, which is in the image of Jesus, can can be a reality again. How, do, how does that work? Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that analogy. The, um, the tension in there, though, Matthew, is the, um, the, the prophetic is first and foremost for the people of God. Uh, because the church is supposed to also be a prophetic sign living amongst our society, but while remaining in alignment with God. And that um, as the body of Jesus, who is the prophet in the earth. So wow, the, the church wow, is wow. prophetic in nature. So if you see that, um, and which which we have been as the body of Christ, often out of alignment ourselves. And so the prophetic is first and foremost to the church. And we see this even in the Old Testament. First and foremost, the prophetic was to the people of Israel. But yet every now and then, you know, we saw, we see the prophetic going to a king. We see the prophetic going um, to uh, rulers that, uh, like when the, to Egypt, to bring correction to a people so that they can, anyway, feed the Israelites when they're in 
um, starvation mode. We, we do see the prophetic going to society from time to time, but its primary function is to keep the church in alignment so the church can be the prophetic world, word to the world. Wow, that is such a helpful. I never saw that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, and that really critiques my individualistic lens, right? Yeah. Because right. The, the prophetic voice is for the church so that the church can be the prophetic witness to the world. Absolutely. Right. Beautiful. Absolutely. And sometimes would you say, I don't know, completely playing with this idea now, sometimes that that prophetic witness to the world of the church, sometimes that's vocal, but sometimes the church is just a prophetic witness by virtue of its existence, by virtue Absolutely. of its alternative way of being in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would tie it into the incarnation. I mean, it's the incarnation is shocking. And so the incarnation of of Christ and into the womb of Mary was, um, <laughs> I think, the most prophetic sign that has ever existed. It is God taking on flesh and um, giving, um, putting his life inside of the womb of a 14-year-old girl. Uh, I could talk about that for hours, but that that is the first um, sign of the, if you'd allow me a little play with it, with the Holy Spirit, then infilling the the believers as individuals but also infilling the collective body of christ mm -hmm. and so that is the sign that we are now i mean even the term that we so casually use is the body of christ Crazy. i mean we yeah. are the body of jesus christ the incarnated one and in the flesh in the world today so it's um uh, it ties in with temple theology if you want to use that language as the temple in the old testament was um, the, the meeting place between heaven and earth. It was that that joint where heaven joined earth and mm. within the temple and within Jewish society and culture. And then Jesus claims that he is the new temple. Like he claimed, I am the temple, which was what got him killed because it was <laughs> yeah. absolutely unfathomable to think that yeah. God's presence would be inside of a human being. And then he does. He goes one step further and be, and claims that the church is now the temple. Yes. I mean, and so it's that that's the the prophetic sign is is the meeting place between heaven and earth. Is if we could understand the power of the temple and the earth, we would understand the prophetic sign of the church. so many things that we could pull on right now <laughs> why does this matter why does this matter so there's a lot of stuff going on the world in the world right now you know we we got conflicts everywhere we got poverty and there's a lot of issues we could be focusing on why should we as followers of jesus or just people at all give attention to the prophetic oh how much time do we have <laughs> 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 well, this is this is why I want to encourage people like into the book, into the course, because this is something that is desperately needed to unpack. The prophetic is not dessert on the buffet. It's not something that you can either pick up or put down that you can say yes to or not. It is it is crucial food for the body of Christ. And um, and but we have allowed it. And I, I honestly think it's because it has now gone through. Uh, the idols of our culture, if I could wow. be that severe about it. Go there. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think anybody would disagree with me that one of the primary idols of the culture, at least in the West, I can speak. Um, I don't know if in South Africa you would agree to this, um, but it is it's comfort. Like it's one of our primary idols is comfort. Everything goes through the lens of comfort. And so because of 1 Corinthians 14, 3, which is a profound scripture, um, I'll, I have it right here. It says, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. And that last word is sometimes translated as comfort. We have, we have minimized the prophetic to take on this thing that is just to make us feel good. It's just to tell us of our gifts and our calling and our, our purpose in the world. We have filtered it through our individualistic mindset, our, um, our me-centric mindset, our egos, our, our pains, and our desire for comfort. And, um, and some of that's not bad because God's merciful. He's gracious. He loves to love us. He, he does speak words of love to us for the sake of transforming us into the image of Christ and bringing us into alignment with his love, right? So that is a part. And I'm not saying it's not, but I think we have minimized it so much because of that and because of our cultural influences that we have lost um, the necessity. We only reach out for the prophetic in some circles when we're in pain and we want to remember how important and how loved we are. And that's not the purpose of the prophetic. It is a side beautiful benefit of the prophetic, but it is not the primary purpose. And today, as you so um, perfectly described, we, uh, we are a society that's shaking and we are shaking as a society, as you said, and we are shaking so badly as a church. The church has been confronted publicly over and over again, especially in these last four years. We have um, we have desperate need of alignment as the body of Christ, each and every one of us, for to be able to discern the voice of God, to discern the will of God uh, in the world, to know what it means to be in alignment. I, I mean, we're just in desperate need of his true voice to break through in our churches and our ministries and our missions and our focus. We like, we still need Ananias to come and pray the blinders off our eyes, right? Mm. We still need um, Peter. Like we need the Peters. We were as Peters. The, where are the Peters in the world <laughs> yeah. today yeah. who are standing at a rooftop in prayer when the meal downstairs is getting cold and they can be caught up into a vision that sends them on a scandalous mission into a house of somebody who's on the margins and it's inappropriate for him to be there. And yet he can he knows the voice of God to such a degree that he can walk in. He could do what feels culturally inappropriate and bring the gospel to a group of people that are uh, not accepted by mm. the religious culture of the day, right? So where are those people? Mm. Like we need uh, Elizabeths. Like the Elizabeth was sensitive enough and knew the voice of God when her baby leapt and she could prophesy and confirm the, the, the coming Messiah. Like we need those kinds of voices in the world to remind us of the true gospel, that the prophetic keeps us pointed in the same direction of, of the eternal purposes of Christ. We aren't just doing this religious thing and having fun playing in the sandbox. Mm -hmm. we, are, we are to stay pointed to the eternal purposes of Christ. This The, the global story is headed somewhere. We are headed somewhere. And without the prophets speaking and reminding us of where this whole story is aimed at, then we will lose focus on the eternal purposes of Christ. And we're just going to be playing in the sandbox. Like mm -hmm. we have to have 
the prophetic voice in the earth. We mm. just have to. Mm. And in that, we need to be able to spot the true prophets from the false ones. Right. As it was like they're everywhere. I mean, they, I mean, Jesus said there's there will be many false prophets in the world, and we really are seeing that today. And mm -hmm. do we even have the discernment to be able to tell them, tell the difference? Like these are the true ones and these are the false ones, and this is how I know. Like this is where we need maturing in the body of Christ so that we could actually be that prophetic sign to the world, which I, I'm not sure that we're doing a very great job of it right now. It reminds me, um, there's that saying that um, the church isn't peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, it's true. Uh, you know, and, and that, at least in the heart of God, the church of Jesus Christ is meant to be a revelation of kingdom, oh. kingdom reality. That's the intention, yeah? yeah. And if absolutely. that's... And if that's the case, could there be anything more important? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Could there be anything more important to talk about? Yeah. I mean, if um, are we in our churches and our missions as we um, want to respond to the world around us? I mean, we could be in analysis paralysis, so to speak, for years on end and just trying our best to do what we think we should be doing next. I mean, it would be like the if we read the book of Acts and it it's the book of Acts is not a random story. It is the the birth of this prophetic church. And it was done through intensive revelation from God that led them and guided them in every single step. And he guided them in ways that they could never have foreseen if the prophetic didn't actually appear. I mean, it was the Macedonian man that showed up in a dream that guided and broke the gospel through into Europe for the first time. It was the Ethiopian eunuch, that um, a, a prophetic move of God that brought him into baptism that catapulted the gospel into Africa. I mean, it's it was is through prophetic invasion that the gospel spread around the earth. And why do we think that that's going to be any different? Why do we think that that's changed? It's not some great idea that sends a mission missionary to a new land to bring the gospel. It is it is a prophetic revelation. Hmm. How can we advance the kingdom without the prophetic? Mm -hmm. And some anyway, of that is I'm, just I'm, a massive critique on the confidence we built up over time in our systems and strategies, you know, yeah. particularly because the kind of prophetic that you're talking about, um, I don't know. I don't see how many of the systems and strategies we've pledged so much allegiance to could withstand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know. I know. It's true. It's like, Lord, help us. I feel like we're uh, we're so hungry to see uh, and live out the 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 life of faith we see in the book of Acts. I mean, we're all that's what we are. It's what we bought into. That's what we believe. And um, but we have a, a it does confront our our current way of doing things, doesn't it?
one last yeah. question and then we're gonna uh, bring this all to a close man this has been good i wish we had more time um i know i do too <laughs> Here's the question I want. I want to make sure that nobody leaves this conversation uh, thinking that they're exempt from this invitation. Um, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd like, because uh, without getting too deep in the theological weeds, when I speak to people about the prophetic, there seems to be this like disconnect and they're like, yeah, but there's the prophet, there's the office of the prophet and I'm not that. So amen to all of this, Matt and Christine. But when a prophet shows up, well, then alignment will happen. And I just want to go, no, 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 you're in the room. And so yeah. what what could we offer to people to encourage them that you don't need to wait for someone else? This is part of your inheritance as a follower of Jesus. Yeah, amen. Amen. There is, um, in, in many of the gifts of the Spirit, there's a, there's a continuum, if I could put it that way. And I often compare it to um, like running. If If a lion was chasing us, Unless um, your legs are are not functional, you are going to run. <laughs> if, if you have working legs, you're going to run. Everybody will find a way to run if they are being chased by a lion. Um, but then some people actually run for um, enjoyment. Uh, they might run as a part of their exercise routine, and and uh, and then and then some people um, run so often that they're actually called runners. It becomes a, a part of what they like, how they live their life. And they're they're They feel like their purpose in life is running, you know, and I, that would, that would be what, how I would describe the, the prophetic. We, we all hear God's voice. We wouldn't be believers if we didn't hear God's voice. You couldn't have actually said yes to the person of Jesus and to say, I believe without knowing God's voice. Um, most of us don't even know that we're hearing God's voice. We live our life unaware. And some of what he's doing is trying to wake us up to the ways that he communicates to the human heart, to the to our our senses and to our um the intangible dynamics that we all experience in communication. There's an awakening happening to that, which I think is really beautiful. So we all hear God's voice. Everybody needs to be on a journey. I would love everybody in the world to be on a journey of learning to know God's voice, to be able to perceive his leading, to be able to be swept up into his movement, almost like surfing a wave, like the, the wave of the Holy Spirit moves through every single person, not just believers. Mm, and that might be a bit that. strange to think about. But if he didn't speak to unbelievers, nobody would ever come to know him. So um, he will use anybody and he will speak. And he prophesied through a donkey. You know, I, he yeah. will speak through anybody and anything. And so he's a widow of Zarephath, right? Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. And so like, I, I love Ananias. Um, and he's the one, if you know the story that... Um, we know that God spoke to him and said, go find Saul, who's actually trying to kill you. I'm summarizing. But this man, Saul, is the leader of an army who is hunting Christians. And Ananias is supposed to go find this man, this persecutor, and pray for him. And, of course, Ananias had to wrestle that out. But he goes and and in so doing, he, he unleashes and empowers one of the most powerful men, uh, influential men in human history uh, through with Paul. But we never, we don't know who Ananias is. We've never seen him before and we'll, we never see him again. So is Ananias a prophet or was he just somebody in the body of Christ who obeyed God on a certain day because he he heard God's voice and actually did what he heard? Like mm. that's, I love that so much. 
I mean, any one of us can be an Ananias. And does Ananias even know what his obedience um, unleashed in the earth mm. by, by empowering Paul? So our, our mission is to hear God because we, we are followers of Jesus. It's the name of your podcast. <laughs> that's, that's who we are. We right. are to be followers. And in order to be good followers, in order to follow him, we want to know his leading and sense his voice and and be disciples we we want to walk in the dust of our master's feet so to speak mm -hmm. like they used to speak of the disciples in regards to their rabbis like they walked so close to their master they were covered in the dust of their master's feet and that, and that is what it means to be a disciple so separating out the voice of god uh, and and our experience in following him from the the prophetic is is really uh, they're almost inseparable right right Love it. So you're included. Whoever you are right now, you're included. Amen. You get to Absolutely. play as well. You don't have to sit in Everybody. the in the stands. You get to be on the field, right? Everybody gets to play. Oh, um, yeah. thank you for this conversation. How wonderful. Thanks for involving me in your life, Matthew, in this uh, podcast. It's a joy. Thank you so much. Uh, where can people get the book? Where can people see the course? Um, uh, reframingtheprophetic.com. Okay. Uh, you can buy the book there. Um, uh, depending on what country you're in, uh, it should be on Amazon almost everywhere. So um, if it's not, let me know. <laughs> mm -hmm. It should be. Um, and then reframingtheprophetic.com will also um, give you information on the course. We have two different courses. We've actually developed a discernment course um, for some of the reasons that I shared earlier. And then we have the full Reframing the Prophetic course, um, which I would encourage everybody to jump into, especially pastors and leaders, to be able to encourage and lead this gift well in the body of Christ. Mm. Love it so much. Thank you for your time. I feel like I had a huge, like just the most satisfying meal. I don't know. I feel like I just <laughs> ate a good, like a good steak for my soul. It was really good. Oh, thank uh, you so much. Thank you so much for your time, Christine, and everybody else. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Follower Podcast. That's all for this episode of the Follower Podcast. If you found this helpful, please consider liking, sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review on the podcast. It, it helps us get these conversations in other people's ears. You can also give a once-off donation or ongoing monthly support to make more conversations like this possible by visiting www.wearefollower.com. Until next time, friends, may you follow Jesus to the depths of his heart and to the ends of the earth.